0: the last time you attended a slumber party with your girlfriends and discussed issues on your heart. Your host is Gina Glenn, who welcomes you to tonight's Mommy Jammies Night. This is a time for you and our special guests and friends from around the world to join in live. Put on a comfortable pair of jammies, pull up a chair, settle in with your favorite refreshment, and prepare to be blessed as Gina welcomes tonight's guest. And now, here's Gina Glenn.
1: Hello and welcome. My name is Gina Glenn and I'm the host of Mommy Jammies Night here on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. We broadcast live once per month the second Tuesday of each month at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can find the replay of tonight's show along with all past Mommy Jammies Night episodes at MommyJammiesNight.com, also on Google Play and iTunes where we love, love, love your five-star reviews and feedback there. So thank you. I well, a special thank you tonight to tonight's sponsor is MediaAngels.com. Our scheduled guest for tonight is Heather Laurie of Special Needs Homeschooling. Welcome, Laurie, or Heather, I'm sorry. So oh. you do have two first names.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you warned me. <laughs> Hello. And now we were chatting a little bit before we got started, um, And you were telling me about your kids. So go ahead. How many, how many kids do you have and their ages?
2: Um, I have five children, three angels, and my oldest just graduated last year. She's 19. Then I have a 16 year old son, 14 year old daughter, a 11 year old daughter, and a nine year old daughter. So a total of five still here at the house.
1: So you're, you're busy and congratulations on the graduation. That's a big deal as a homeschool mom. Yes, yes.
2: Well, yeah, I enjoyed the probably, party too.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sure. Yes, yes. We've we've graduated three, and I can relate. Um, a lot of you probably know Heather from com, or you may have heard her on, speak on the homeschool circuit. You can visit her on her Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Special Needs Homeschooling. She also has a very active group there, these social media links are on the MommyJammiesNight.com page, and um, she'd love if you'd follow her. She's on Pinterest, Instagram. She's out there, so you just look her up. Tonight, she's going to talk to us about keeping your head above water when you're the one with special needs. So Heather shared that every mom has needs and every mom is special, yet some moms struggle with daily issues, maybe they physical or focus-related or chronic illness. And she's just going to share with us how she manages her own unique challenges while homeschooling and mothering with her special needs with a, a chronic illness that I, I don't know a lot about, but it's called mitochondrial disease. Is that right? Yes, you got it right. Okay, great. Okay, so Heather, we'll just, we'll go ahead
2: and let you get started and we'll take some questions at the end. Sounds great. Well, like, um, like Gina said, a lot of you know me from specialneedshomeschooling.com and, and there I do a lot of talking about when you have children with special needs because that was where I started years ago, uh, 14 years ago, 15 years ago, when I had this bright, bubbly, completely unknown to danger child. Um, I thought, okay, so I need to homeschool because she has some special needs and I don't, want to put her in a box. I, I want to go and, and let her be the vibrant, beautiful child that she is. And the Lord just kept blessing us with more babies, and this was a delight. But soon I found myself with five kids, and I was super mom. Wow. Okay, so, so maybe minimally awesome. Um, okay, let's be truthful here. I grabbed the kid, my, my little kid's blankie and would tie it around my neck and pretend that I was super mom. And that's kind of where I rode. And I I did things like I was the head of the nursery at church. I had the five kids in varying levels of homeschool. Um, we did, uh, I had my in-laws right down the road. I would be running two and four. I had co-op, I had support group. And at the time I felt like I lived out of the van and with with. Children with special needs, four of them are on the autism spectrum, therapy. We did so much van schooling at the time and and it was intense. I I will not deny it was an intense form of homeschooling. But I never I never realized and relished what I had. I always kept thinking it's gonna get better. I always kept thinking you know, it can't possibly get worse from here. You know, that's the phrase that you never say. Uh, I said it. And I, I just never considered the what if. What if I had a special need? Now, I already knew that I did have some special needs because um, I had been in the military earlier in life, and I had what's called postural orthostatic hypotension syndrome where I would stand up. My heart rate, my blood pressure, they wouldn't do the right thing, and so I'd end up passing out. And it was something that did affect my life. It did mean that if we were going to go to, like, the zoo, I needed to be in a wheelchair. But for me, I still got to drive. I still got to eat. Um, I didn't have a lot of medication. It didn't impact a lot of how how I educated my kids. It didn't impact a lot of our life in general. I was more focused on the kids. Um, and I, so I kind of saw that as that's how we're going to be the rest of my life. And, and I was stable at the time, so I didn't really have a reason to consider what would happen or, you know, to consider that it could get worse. But it didn't stay that way. Unfortunately, like Gina said, we have mitochondrial disease, which is a genetic disease. On a cellular level, the batteries of each and every cell in our body, except for the red blood cells, they were not working correctly. And um, so what I didn't know is I was just basically, I was waiting. I was, I was walking closer and closer to a cliff edge that I had no clue that was there. And then one day, we all kind of fell over it together. It had been a rough winter, and we were rolling into spring, and spring was no better. In fact, one of my kids started coughing and coughing and coughing, and pretty soon I was surrounded by kids that were coughing, but it wasn't a normal cough. It had a whoop to it. I think you know where I'm going with this. I took the kids to the pediatrician, and I said, they have something. I'm pretty sure it's catchy. I said, I know in big families you kind of roll through a a flu or a cold, and everybody gets it. I'm like, but this is different, and I really think you need to, like, slide this straight into the doctor's office. They were wonderful. They did exactly what I asked. We got in there. The pediatrician walked in and said, oh, that's whooping cough, and immediately started grabbing stuff to, to cover herself with. We sent out testing. Sure enough, this was whooping cough. And it was uh, a variant, and so it was something that they didn't normally see to this day. I, I, I only had the vaguest idea where we might have gotten it, but it was very uncommon. But anybody who's had whooping cough, <laughs> this isn't something that you easily get over, especially since we had asthma in the family. Twenty-three days where we were not allowed to step foot outside of our home except maybe to go out and grab the mail. Every single day for 23 days, um, I would have the county health nurse call me. Did you stay in the house? Have you stayed in the house? Um, do we uh, need to have – I mean, at one point she even offered the state trooper to go to the pharmacy to get medicine for us so that we wouldn't go to the pharmacy. It was, it was horrible. Um, and all of the kids got it. Um, Thankfully, the Lord really protected the children from any long-term effects from the disease. Um, But at the end, I remember my husband coming home. We were on the 23rd day of antibiotics, and he came home early from work because he knew how tired I was and how I felt sick. So the kids, all five kids and I got whooping cough, but Chris did not. So Chris comes home to do his husband, you know, he's here for me, he's daddy, he's taking care of everything. And I remember waking up and I sat down on a computer chair and I fell off the computer chair. And I was like, wow, that that was weird. But I couldn't figure out how to sit on a computer chair. I mean, I am a mid-30s woman and I couldn't figure out how to sit on the computer chair. I just, my body wouldn't work. And then when Chris was kind of laughing at me, he thought I was choking. He's like, honey, what are you doing? And I'm like, and these words were coming out. At least I could hear them. They, They were what I wanted to say. But what was coming out, my mouth, wasn't right. I later found out I had had a stroke. And it was caused by the severe infection from the whooping cough, which is caused by the silly genetic disease that we have. So I went from being able to eat from being able to drive a minivan, from being able to talk clearly, to write with my right hand, to sit up in a chair, to walk out to my mailbox, I lost it all in less than 15 minutes. And in that time, I have never been able to eat again. I have never been able to drive again. I have been blessed to be able to speak again, and I believe it's because of our experiences that the Lord wants me to share. He wants me to let you know that no matter what you're facing, if you're facing fibro, you're facing arthritis, you're facing a special needs child that you're wondering, am I the right mom for this kid? Did did God make a mistake? He did not. God has given me the ability to speak again to assure you that you are the right mom in the right place at the right time trust in him. So I had all of this ripped away from me. And like I said, I never thought what happens if it gets worse. What happens if you can't drive your kids to co-op or to support groups or you become known as the sick mom in co op, which I really I, I disliked it so tremendously because suddenly I went from being, you know, respectable, the person who was always on time, the person who brought cookies along with whatever duties I had to being the mom who came in hair sticking in five different directions. If I had a flip-flop and a tennis shoe on, I was really pleased because they were both footwear. And I just I felt like I lost so much, and it did take me time. I felt like I had fallen into a pool of water, and I was drowning in it. It, it, Much like you, you often hear people who say they slide into credit debt, and and no matter what they do, they can't tread water. They know the concepts. They know what they should be doing. But it's not producing the right outcome. So I came up with five things as I was was thinking over this and I was praying over this and, and, and what the Lord wanted me to share tonight with you guys. I came up with five aspects of being a homeschooling mom when you're dealing with chronic illness. And some of this, because it is my experience, is also going to be for those of us who are dealing with special needs children as well. And one of the first things that I came up with is create a plan and a set of goals to reach for. Um, because I'm sick, I heard, oh, don't worry, you can take a couple of days off. You know, you're homeschooling. There's so much flexibility in your schedule. And I thought, well, that's good because I need a couple of weeks off. But after a couple of weeks off, you know, now we're starting to fall behind. And soon I found that we had taken a month off because I was so sick. And, and once you fall, you slide into that not working every day, not doing your routine, not, not doing the work. It is a whole lot easier to turn, turn on the TV or the tech or to just let the kids go play in the back, and that wasn't how we homeschooled. That was not how my husband and I chose to homeschool. Mm, excuse me. So I needed to realize that taking a day off was okay. Taking a couple of days off, that's not too bad. But at a certain point, when you, especially when you have a chronic illness, you need to realize that you're going to have to get back to work. You're going to have to figure out how to do this. Some days it's going to be a good day, and maybe you have a good day routine, and some days it's going to be a sick day, and maybe you have a sick day routine, which is more filled with read-alongs. Maybe on that day you'll get more literature done, or maybe on that day your kids come and they lay next to you on the couch, and you make sure that the things that they really needed that extra little bit of time Today we're going to take that time, and we're going to go over a little more review than maybe something else. On sick days, it's not necessarily a good day to be preaching something new. Um, So realizing that I had limitations but also that the family needed to continue was a major part of creating my plan. Creating goals was also part of that plan. You know, if you're creating a plan, where does that plan go to? Ultimately, what are we trying to do? Well, ultimately, we're trying to create godly, productive adults to the best of their ability. But what does that mean today? I've got a kindergartner. You know, I, I want to talk diploma, but we are 12 years off. Okay, hey, that's fine We're as a seventh grader. So what you do is you, you focus on the immediate goal. Like I go in six-week increments. And we're year long homeschoolers. We'll so talk a little bit about more about that in a few minutes here, but I go in six week increments and I have kind of mini goals for that. And then I have semester goals, which are a little broad ranging. And then I have at the end of every year, in order for me to really feel that we have stretched this year to its limit and really done, you know, all of the things, these five goals and keep them little, keep them like five goals. You don't want a 36 36- page point list that if you don't have every check you feel diminished inside you feel depressed you feel like you're you, you've lost something so goals can help you realize are you pushing yourself too hard because if you realize that you do really you you have chronic fatigue that comes along with a lot of chronic illnesses you realize monday's awesome tuesday okay i need a few more cups of coffee by wednesday you are living on coffee Wednesday afternoon, you are asleep. Thursday and Friday don't happen. You may be pushing yourself too hard. How about if we dial it back on Monday and Tuesday, we can use those hours of energy later in the week. Or maybe we do need to take, I I know people who take Wednesday off. Rather than do a four-day week and a Friday off, they do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, Thursday, Friday. Something like that can work really well for your family. Um. And also, are you on track? Because so many times, I just went. I mean, literally last Friday, the kids all had to see their certified teacher in order for us to, to um, sh- show progress in my state. And on Monday, when I began pulling out the paperwork and I began pulling out the books, I'm like, oh, Chris, I just don't think we've done everything we should have done because I was in the hospital a lot last fall. And I'm, I was whining. Okay, guys? I was whining. And, um, but it got to the point where I ran out of space on the dining room table. (laughs) And so then we started piling books in front of the fish (laughs) and then we started piling them on the floor. And then Chris is like, Hey girls, you know, bring up all the books that you've got down in your room. I'm like, what, what books do the girls have in their room? They're like, he's like, Oh, they go down and read every afternoon. And I knew they had gone down to read. I kind of thought they were going down to play. Well, here they had tons of books <laughs> so by the time we're done I'm actually shifting books out of the room so that our teacher can come into the room and see the textbooks that I had it was it was it was fine and I should have taken a deep breath and looked at the goals over the year which we kept meeting and the kids kept exceeding and doing wonderfully and that's why I kept making the next goal a little bit harder um so it helps when you have goals like that and you can stay you can say, are we on track? Are we not on track? Now another aspect of just the whole homeschooling life is structure and routine. My natural inclination for homeschooling is relaxed. My natural inclination is, I don't know, kind of like a almost a boho um We had a a downy woodpecker that um, we found in our yard once, and it was alive. It it must have – sometimes we have birds bounce off of our windows because just the way the sun sparkles, and it must have done that because it was dazed. It was fine. It was alive. But suddenly, I'm like, there we go, all of the homeschooling books, put them down, and we ran out, we spent the entire day on the woodpecker, which was absolutely wonderful. We were able to put it in the tree, watch it, it flew off, it was great. Everybody remembers that. Again, this is kind of like when you're sick, you can take a day off, and that is fine. Take a couple of days off, no problem, but if you're taking weeks off, if you're ending up taking a month off, then you start falling behind in other areas because for me and my family, I find that we tend towards the things that we like. So I love science. So I tend towards tons of science, tons of experiments. Now, math, well, math kind of annoys me. And so (laughs) I'm like, well, yeah, okay, I guess you do need to do your math workbook. (laughs) Um, But having a structure – Especially now that I'm chronically ill and now that I'm seriously sick um, and Chris is now home because of that, um, he needs a structure and the kids need a structure. And we need a structure so that, like I, like I said last fall, I was, I was literally in the hospital from May to December for 70, over 70 days. And I'm coming in and out of the home repeatedly. The kids are getting more anxious. The whole household's getting more upset. Mom's getting more sick, you know. And as I was getting sicker, I was less eloquently able to tell Chris what I had planned for the next week. So I needed to have a lesson plan. I needed to have a structure. And in some areas like math, we bought um, materials that were very textbook oriented, much more traditional than my more relaxed form. It was what we needed. Was that my natural inclination? No. But did it help us? Yes. So there are times where you have to turn away from what your natural inclination is. We developed a routine in the family. Now, a lot of this is because the kids have autistic tendencies, or have autism. They want a routine. They want to know Taco Tuesday tonight. They were, you know, I I made carnitas. They, They knew something Mexican was coming at them tonight, and that's how you do it every Tuesday, Mom. They also knew that today was Stinky Chore Tuesday because tomorrow our trash gets picked up. Those kind of routines are touchstones to our children while all of this is happening, while mom is having to deal with, you know, in some cases, many of you probably know there are a handful of, there are at least two families that jump to mind right now that are going through serious chemotherapy in the homeschooling world. To be able to have the touchstone of Taka Tuesday may seem simple, but to a child, it may mean order, routine, love, family, all of these things will continue And so I recommend having a routine like that in your family. Um, Now, it also helps you if you have limited spoons and spoons as in energy. Um, If you don't have a routine and things are getting out of hand and, and this pops up and that pops up and your child gets anxious and your child doesn't, understand what's happening, it's going to take you longer and longer and longer just to get them calmed down, much less back to productive, back to being able to learn homeschooling, back to being able to do their chores and take the dog for a walk. That is such a waste of energy. So if we can do things as simple as Having a weekly routine and having a bedtime routine. That takes so much energy out of our day. We don't have to sit there and repeat it every single day. It's just done. We fold our head, we, we bow our head and fold our hands in prayer before we eat. That's just the way it's done. It takes so much of that energy, wasted energy and allows you to apply it to who you really want to, you know, your husband and your family and to God and, and all of those wonderful productive things in your life. Now, I was talking earlier about us being year-round homeschoolers, and this is part of our routine. Um, I love doing this, and I love being a year-round homeschooler. I have tried all sorts of different ways. Like I said, I'm relaxed. And at the beginning, I allowed other things to kind of rule our homeschooling life. Um, Now I'm much more focused on our homeschooling life and on our routine and our family routine because I find that if I focus on that, like I said, it's, it's less anxiety producing. The kids know what to expect. My husband knows what to expect. He comes home from work. In a, in, he's, he's home now, but when he came home from work two, weeks ago, or two years ago, he knew what was going to happen. He knew that on a Saturday we were all going to be going to the store in the morning, in the afternoon. It was time to work around the house. Everyone understood that. And year-round homeschooling allowed us to slow and steady, just keep going. We didn't have to do weeks of review in the fall. We could also extend the time of learning that if multiplication isn't happening or if your child is anxious, I mean, even, you know, completely, completely typical children can have time periods in their learning and in their growth cycles where they're growing so much, they don't have time. You know, their body is not dedicating energy and resources to memorizing multiplication, and yet that kind of is the whole middle school era where you have to memorize tons and move up to a whole different era year-round homeschooling has allowed us to kind of, of, of spread that out over a long and steady course. It allows us to have Monday through Thursday, and then Friday we can have experiments. It allows me not to feel guilty when I need to go to the doctor or when I need to take the children to the doctor. Um, it, it provides so much more flexibility in our overall year. And learning never stops. We teach the kids that learning is something to be enjoyed, to be embraced, to continue on no matter what time of year it is. Um, Now, granted, around here in summertime, it tends to be a lot more big project oriented. One year we had nothing but Mentos, Diet Coke, rockets out front, baking soda, vinegar. I think I got like I was sending all the neighborhood home, neighborhood kids home with like, these, these splotches of baking soda, and I'm just thinking, it's baking soda, please, it's just baking soda. <laughs> but it was. Fun and so many people learned and and I didn't even realize it, but the local kids said that they were never even taught that in school. And I'm like, no, 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 it's an ace and it's an acid in a base. Watch what happens. Now, yeah, did I pull my lawn chair out there just to make sure everybody was on the up and up? Yeah, of course I did. Um, safe, uh, safety is first. Um, Consistency is um, very easy to maintain when you're doing year-round homeschooling. When you say a chore is a chore, a rule is a rule, how we maintain our conversations between siblings, how we treat the neighbor next door, all of these things continue on instead of summertime's off time. I don't have to, you know, be nice to my sister because I don't want to talk to her. No, 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 no. You know, we are keeping that low and steady. And again, when rules are rules, no matter what, it's a lot less energy you're going to have to put into having to go back, reinforce, having to go back, reteach, things like that, so that you can put your energy and your time and your effort where it is necessary. Um, number four here, let's talk about homemaking. We are homeschooling. Home, big part of that. And that means homemaking. That means keeping the house clean that means making sure that your teenage boy's room is evacuated every once in a while <laughs> you got to send someone in
0: <laughs>
2: um that means the little girls, they're like magpies in their preteen years. you got to occasionally go in. Or if you have kids like mine with allergies, you got to go in and grow all their stuffies and over their whaling, stuff all the stuffies into the dryer and put it on the 20-minute high cycle so that everything is clean and dies off of it and that has to be done. Um, now, it takes a lot of energy to do these things, but if you do these things, then Hopefully, you won't have an asthma attack next week. If you set up the chore charts, many hands make light work. I am all for letting a toddler help you pull uh, towels out and hand them to you. A toddler throws a pillow on the ground. Guess what? That toddler can pick the pillow back up and put it on the couch. You should not have to be picking up and doing all of that. Teach kids, boys and girls, how to cook immediately. As soon as they are able to come out there and butter bread, have them buttering bread. Teach them that some nights it's going to be a cold cereal night. I've got nothing in me. I've got nothing left. But that is food. It is nutrition. Bring nutritious food only into your home. This is very important. We have high allergens. I only bring food into my home that's nutritious because I know it's going to be eaten. And if it's processed, if it is, you know, num-nums or whatever, or ice cream, that's the first stuff everybody goes for. So if I make sure that ahead of time I have already only bought at the store things that are going to make me healthier, things that are going to make my kids healthier, then we are already fighting the battle without ever having to lift a finger. Excuse me, menu planning. Okay, menu planning is going to save you energy. It's going to save you um, from being sick if you're a celiac. Um, it's going to save you money. It's going to save you energy. I didn't, um, excuse me, time, I said energy twice. How much so would be thinking down that path? Um, one of the things that, that, that never dawned on me until I got into the once-a-month cooking tent was that, Every day we would finish homeschooling. You know, when I got to middle school, we went off into the afternoon, so I would finish homeschooling and maybe have an hour or two off, and then everybody would be like, I'm so hungry. What's for dinner? And I'd be thinking, I just rested. You know, uh, Mommy, my ankle is swollen. I need to sit here for a few more minutes, not realizing that how much went into figuring dinner out every single night because I have several seven members of my family, six who eat, I don't eat. Um so it would be a matter of, okay, what exactly do we have? How much do we have? Do I have all the things that go with chili? Do I have beans? Do I have corn? Do I have ground beef? Do I have the chili pepper? Oh, we don't have the chili pepper. Now I gotta find a totally different recipe. And you'd sit there and I would look in my kitchen almost like an enemy, every afternoon at 4 o'clock, and try to come up with something. Then I started making a menu. Okay, what I did, the simplest way to start a menu is what are your favorite meals? Do you love meatloaf and potatoes? Fine. That is a great meal. Add another side of a veggie, and you're done. You've already figured out what a meal is. Usually you can come up with six to ten meals that your family rotates around. Have them in a schedule for a month. You can easily Google just a simple calendar or if you're into Excel charts or however you wish to do this. So suddenly you just put those on the days that you know are the hardest. I love doing crockpot dump meals because, especially with a liner in the crockpot, you just put the liner in the crockpot, put the dump meal in the crockpot, and done, you are done. Done before lunch has even hit the table with cooking dinner. So you can take those couple of hours at the end of the day and rest. I even got an Instapot. I'm learning the Instapot, but I have to say I love it. Um, It's a quick and easy way for those days where maybe the crock pot didn't happen. You know, I just didn't get in on time, or we wanted something a little different, um, a little more crisp and crunchy, things like that. Um, And then also, the end of the day, is prime time for brain fog. If you know what brain fog is, then you are totally with me on this. You're tired. You've used all your available energy. Um, It's Two o'clock is a a natural circadian rhythm low time for anybody, much less a person who's also dealing with a chronic illness. Um, So, again, if you have a menu already set, You're going to just completely go around that. You're not going to have to deal with it. It's already set. It's on your refrigerator. All you have to do is read it, and it says, sausage, onion, potatoes, and a skillet. Yay, wonderful, Done. You know, I know I have to put that in at 420. Leave me alone until 420, kids. (laughs) Healthy living is number five. People, go to the doctor. Go to the dentist. a healthy mouth is tremendous, I learned this the hard way last year. I uh, I'm a vet, military vet, met my husband in the Navy, and um, what happened is is I fell between insurances, and the VA was supposed to send me, and they didn't send me, and it, it was just a bit of a mess, so I ended up missing a dental appointment for a long time. And I knew there were health problems, because since I don't eat and I get my food through tubes... It affects your dental health greatly. What I didn't realize what your your dental health is so tied to your overall health. I got an infection in my heart. I was in the hospital, I believe, for 12 days on IV antibiotics and then came home with IV antibiotics because of my dental health. Show your children a visible, upfront response that you realize, yes, I am ill. Yes, I have this to deal with, and yes, I am actively taking care of myself. I am going to the doctor. I am going to the dentist. I am going to the chiropractor. I am eating healthy foods. I am taking my medication exactly as prescribed. I do not believe that if you show your children that you're ill or you show your children that you are taking medication as prescribed by a doctor, that they will somehow end up you know, falling to the bad side of drugs, becoming drug addicts or um, thinking that you're weak, I think that is actually a sign of a healthy, reasonable adult that we want our kids to be someday is by showing them how to take care of themselves because at some point everyone's going to have to be on an antibiotic or, you know, they, they, they get the strep throat, okay? It happens. And we have already shown them that their body is a wonderful blessing by the Lord and it needs to be properly cared for. However you and your family choose to care for your family, it needs to be properly cared for. Um, sleep. Okay. For those of you who have little ones, I'm just going to like virtually hug you right now and say get as much sleep as you can. <laughs> it does get better. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, for the rest of us who have kind of gotten over, I think it's about that six-year-old phase for me, was where we kind of went over the bump and finally into being able to sleep at night. And trying to get as much sleep as possible, um, quality sleep is, is wonderful, um, and rest, which it I know in the beginning I started by saying don't take a day off, you know, or if you're taking a day off or two days off or or something like that, you can fall into a rut of having too many days off. But here's the opposite end of that. You deserve rest. You deserve time to stop. Have an in-service day. Take that day to catch up on your paperwork rather than doing that at 11 o'clock on Sunday night where you're trying to figure out your lesson plan for the coming week. It's all right. It is perfectly okay for you to go, all right, we need to catch up. I have a couple of months where the paperwork has just kind of gotten ahead of me, or I really i am excited about the great eclipse that's coming in August. I want to pull together some of these online resources that are free, but they take time to kind of run down. So it's time to go ahead and do that. Um, It's not always easy. To get from that pool, that pond that I felt I had fallen into, where I I was, I was struggling to keep my head above the water. I was struggling to be a wife. I was struggling to be a mom. Homeschooling was sliding down my priorities range further and further and further, and somehow also to deal with my very serious illness. Um, And the thing was, is I kind of knew the path to get out, but it it took determination, it took persistence. It took time, and often it took my husband being there with me. It took being open with my children to say, listen, I don't feel good today. We got a cart from Sam's that I could put the kids' materials on, and it could pull right up to a hospital bed. And if necessary, we'll have homeschool right at my hospital bed on the days I don't feel like I can get out, but, excuse me, we feel like, we are progressing and moving forward, and it does show that we are progressing and moving forward. Um, sometimes, right, if you think you've, you're almost out of all the muck, you're, you're almost out of the pond, you, those rocks, just like in real life, they can be covered in slime. You can slip. You can fall. You can, you can regress back to suddenly having a child who's having a meltdown. Stop. Let's look at what's going on. Did you recently have a couple of day hospitalization that reminded them of the time when you had cancer and your child is now concerned that you may be experiencing a relapse? Um, Maybe someone close to you is having an issue. It's it's time to take a moment, reevaluate what is happening, reset those goals if necessary, and then keep going. Be persistent. And you will get out of there. You will lift up from the mire and the muck and the things that are trying to hold you down, particularly if you realize that the person who is going to pull you out, the person who's going to give you the strength, who's going to give you the ability to get up and out of there is the Lord. I woke up this morning because the Lord said, Heather, you have one more day. I have something for you to do. I'm going to give you the strength to get up. I'm going to give you all of this. He is such a gracious God to, to to shower me in blessings that years ago I never would have even known to question. I would have assumed it was my right to wake up in the morning. After all, I'm only forty-one. I have five kids. I've got things to do. Come on, I mean, people don't die at forty-one. But now, now that I am two years over my expiration date, as we laughingly call it, I realize. What a blessing today was. What a delight it was to hug my husband, to tell him I love him, to be here with my family. And I want you to embrace that fact, to embrace that the Lord loves you so much. And he gave you today. And Lord willing, he's going to give you tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And just make sure that the work of your hands, all of it, homemaking, homeschooling, being there emotionally, is for the Lord and a God-centered family. Um, Oh, hugs. Okay, so I I have to admit, you guys were chatting, and yes, I'm usually on the chatty side myself. So I didn't get the questions, but I would love to answer questions. If you want to throw those up, please go right ahead. I see the Instapot. Yes, I do Instapot videos sometimes. I did a hard-boiled egg which turned out to be a lifesaver at breakfast. It takes less than seven minutes to do hard-boiled eggs in an Instapot.
1: So easy. Oh,
2: that's fun. Um, That's
1: fun. Yeah. I do have a question, actually. Sure. I'm not going to type it in the chat box. I'm going to ask the question. I noticed throughout your entire (laughs) talk just how, you you know, you're really an upbeat, positive person, and that can't be um, faked. You know, it just comes right through your voice. And I think you touched on it a little bit at the end. I mean, I'm guessing. I know the source of your positivity. But, you know, how do you stay positive in a good frame of mind as you move, you know, throughout your day in the ups and downs of your illness, of your
2: chronic illness? Um, Well, uh, this actually uh, 17 years ago, um, well, my husband and I, we met twenty one years ago in Navy boot camp and both of us were seeking at the time but we had no idea what we were seeking. We just we knew we loved each other and we 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 knew we wanted to have a God family but we weren't sure what that meant and then seventeen years ago I had a little girl twenty weeks she was a stillborn Mm. and I remember thinking this child went directly to heaven. I can't be that. I'm not a good person. I've said lies. I've thought things. I have, I've sped on the freeway. You know, it's not like I'd done anything like robbed a person's home, but I knew I wasn't the perfection that was necessary. And so I found God. He was right Mm -hmm. there waiting. The the week I found homeschooling, I was saved and found God the exact same week. Mm -hmm. And, in finding that, in finding my salvation through Jesus and in continuing to study the Bible and in continuing, the Bible is dynamic in that the word carries different meanings to, to me personally. I can speak for myself. It's the same word, rock solid through the ages. But as I'm reading what I read years ago when I had toddlers, it helped me wake up in the morning and i'm like i can do this with five kids under the mm-hmm. age of 10 but now when i am dealing with hours of medication through ivs and hospital stays and and serious illnesses while i'm trying to be the best mom that same word means something so much richer and more appropriate to where i am finding the strength of waking up each day you know, when they say the Israelites would go out and God would give their measure of manna for the day. At the time, I was kind of like, okay, so they go out and get manna and a quail? Oh, every single day? You have to ask every single day? Now mm-hmm. I realize that's all I need. Mm-hmm. I just need one day. And that's what God is giving me he just gives me one day, and I am thankful for that. And it has been an experience that I've had to, sometimes it's not as easy, other times I just look at it and and I feel the fullness of that promise. Well, you have you have a very
1: sweet spirit, and, it, and you just blessed us tonight, really. Um, and I just I love hearing the source of that, and it is true that He can change your life and you know give you that heart of flesh. So it's it's good to hear your heart. I appreciate it so much. Um, I do have a, another question. I thought of. Have you ever dealt okay. with? Um, Resentment on the part of your kids at the way your life has turned turned out for them, because you know this is their growing up, or is this just normal for them? And if you have had to, to deal with some resentment, well, you know, what are some action steps? I'm thinking of some a mom I know who has a chronic illness, and um, it happened when her kids were a little older, but um, then they had a child who had a chronic illness, and there was, you know, so they had one of the kids healthy, the mom unhealthy, the child unhealthy, another child unhealthy, and the healthy child really dealt with some resentment. And I just wondered if you did, and if you would have, or you may have some
2: advice for a mom dealing with that. Um, my children have had had this genetic disease, and since um, my third child, when she was two, she had a stroke. So pretty early on, we knew there was something serious. It's not that it affected their lives that deeply early on. Each child had some moment where they Mm -hmm. realized that they just weren't going to be able to go out and play baseball. Or they had a mom who no longer could, uh, you know, one of the biggest resentments that we had was that I could no longer drive that mm-hmm. um, Chris was working, I could not just hop in the van, take them to their friend's house like we were doing, and I'd sit there and talk with my best friend and they get to play. And um, that just was no longer going to happen, so people had to come to us. And in some ways that, that taught skills that they needed to learn how to ask other people to come to them, and sometimes that just doesn't happen. Sometimes there's what we call the friend, friend fadeaway where mm-hmm. when, as you get sick, and it's it's nobody's – it's not necessarily anybody's fault, but it, it just kind of happens where you lose contact because the normal association doesn't happen. Um, and then there's also hormones that play depending on preteens, teens, and their ability to critically and logically think this out. And there are times that, unfortunately, you're going to have to put your head down and go through the storm. They mm-hmm. and, and be persistent and be – Firm that you're not doing this out of spite or anything like this. These are my reasons why I can't do this. You know, I can't get behind a vehicle, drive a vehicle because I have seizures now. And it took time, but my children now understand that, and they don't resent me for that. They did at the time. They don't Mm -hmm. now. And a lot of times it is a growing experience for the whole family, and sometimes homeschooling really helps because then it's the whole family as a team against the seizures, rather than mm-hmm. against mom who won't drive me somewhere.
1: I see. Yeah, that makes sense. That's helpful, too, because it can give hope if you're, you know, you're just starting out to just continue on and to learn as you go. And obviously for you, um, leaning on the Lord, I think that's the answer. And, um, you know, so if someone didn't have that, it would be especially hard. But it, also you talk about friends fade away. And this is my final question. Um, you talked <laughs> about friend, friend fadeaway. I was really looking forward to talking to you tonight. I hope you can tell because I just, I have friends that deal with this a lot. Um, and, you know, you want to be helpful. Okay, so friend fadeaway. You mm-hmm. know, in the beginning, when you have something that happens or you discover you have a chronic illness, you have so many people that want to help. And you get a yeah. lot of just let me know what you need kind of thing. So as a friend, yeah. If I were your friend, like um, beyond Facebook, you know, your in-real-life friend that lived close to you, or maybe even not, maybe even just Facebook friend, what are, what are some practical ways you can help someone, a, special need, a mom who has special needs or children with special needs? What are some, some things that really mean something to you as far as helpfulness?
2: Um, in fact, I was just doing um, some research, and a hospice nurse called this Casserole Kindness where people, they hear that um, your child was just diagnosed with autism. They hear that you have, um, you, you just got diagnosed with uh, lupus, something like that. So they show up with a casserole, and, and they're well-meaning. And, yes, you, you probably do need a meal because right now you're, you're, you're reeling. You're, you're dealing with all sorts of stuff, and you're trying to research like crazy because you want to do the very best thing possible for yourself and for your child. But people often give that casserole and go, okay, shoo, that's ticked off. I, I um, checked that mm-hmm. box. I helped my friend. And they walk away. And, and the thing is, is that when you say, when you come up to me, like, oh, this just and this is pretty common, is that, like, when I'm at church or I'm at a social event, I will have people come up to me and be like, you know, we were thinking about you the other day. We were praying about you which, one, that is the best thing you can do, prayer. Please, please, blanket your friends in prayer. And then follow it up. Because if you say, we were praying about you, so you tell us what we can do while your child's in the NICU and we'll, well, we'll get on it, and you walk away. You have now put the onus on the parent who's got a child in the NICU. They already have their brains full, of, full to bursting of material. Mm-hmm. Instead, Say, you know what? My husband, he has a landscaping business. We're going to be out every Monday afternoon and we're just going to mow your yard. Done. Just check that mm-hmm. off your box. Don't even think about it. Something mm-hmm. visceral, something that you can do. You can, uh, maybe it's a co op, a person in the co op with you and say, hey, listen, I know you're having a really rough pregnancy. You've been on um, bed rest a lot. Um, do you feel comfortable with me stopping by and picking your kids up and taking them to co-op Thursday morning and then delivering them back after lunch um, Thursday afternoon? So suddenly Mm -hmm. mom doesn't have to worry about how to get her kids somewhere. Um, What you want to do is you want to turn it around so that you're offering a small suggestion, just like three suggestions of what you can do, so that whomever is hurting, whomever is dealing with an illness, or an issue can just look at you and go, oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, I'm, the first time you go to mow my yard, you may lose a person or two. <laughs> uh, but thank you. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, so that, you, you know,
1: for that, that's very helpful. Just some practical ways that you don't think about beyond casserole, but i um, you know, from the Facebook group, I am not a cook, so I would be, I'd be down with the casserole, but um, yes, definitely <laughs> things that you don't think about, especially if your husband's helping so much more with the family, like in your case, helping, you know, you think about helping him, I guess just getting a, a broader view of what a family might need, you know, not just yeah. um, particularly an individual.
2: But well, everybody's
1: different. Go ahead. I'm
2: sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that everybody's so incredibly different that sometimes casserole kindness is not exactly helpful for a family with mm-hmm. high allergens or um, they're on a ketogenic diet or something like that. So, oh, sure. this is why when, you, when you, you come to someone and you say, we can do these three things, you know, you just tell me which of those things needs to be done and it will be done. You don't even have to worry about it that it just turns the whole dynamic of the conversation around.
1: I love the idea of narrowing it down because I know I had a daughter who was born at 28 weeks and she was in the NICU for 56 days and our church family came, somebody came every single day and they left these gift baskets and they, you know, they didn't ask, they just did. Um, But if they had asked me, I wouldn't have known where to begin. And I would have felt kind of guilty about saying, well, can you take the, two-year-old or the five-year-old right. you know um so i love the idea of just doing or narrowing it down to three options here are your three options <laughs> because it then it just takes that weight on you off of you as well so that, that's an excellent idea i appreciate your sharing that too so well it has been a blessing to talk to you tonight and um i just in prayer for your family and are you enjoying how, how's your health right now are you enjoying good health right now
2: Um, I could probably use some prayer. This week has been a rough one. Um, Okay. So, you know, if, if you think of me in your prayers, I would greatly appreciate that. Absolutely.
1: And, um, I'll extend that to all who listen either live or on replay. Um, Oh,
2: thank you. Thank
1: thank you so much, Heather, for tonight. And if you would like to learn more about Heather, please visit her at specialneedshomeschooling.com. I'll have her page up with her social media links at MommyJammiesNight.com. And thank you to our sponsor, MediaAngels.com. And that wraps up another Mommy Jammies Night. Thanks again, Heather.
2: Thank you for having me, Dina. This was a delight. Thanks. Good night.
0: I'm so happy you joined our session of Mommy Jammies Night. Please drop our guests a line and let them know how thankful you are that they gave their time. And follow up with Gina Glenn on Mommy Jammies Night Facebook page and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network Facebook page. Or via email at Gina at MediaAngels.com. God's blessing upon you and your family.